I can't change this situation. I can control my response to the situation and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move forward in a positive direction and figure it out because everything is figure outable. Negative stuff is going to happen. It's our ability to respond to it in a constructive, productive way that dictates what happens next. So we're in the composure domain and Coleman in control is one of the core tenets of maintaining composure. And just to make sure we're all on the same page, composure is your ability to stay calm and in control when facing stress or adversity. If you ever try to tell somebody while they're in the middle of a fit of rage or in the middle of a frustrating situation, hey, just just be calm, be in control. That is going to completely backfire and blow up in your face. So we have to figure out how do we actually stay calm and in control in situations. And that's where this skill of acceptance comes in. So Chris, what comes to your mind when you think about practicing acceptance? What comes to mind initially is accepting your failure or your place on the leaderboard is just part of the process. You can try your hardest and do your quote unquote best at that time and you land last place. That's just life. You have to accept that. That's your part of your journey. And you're not going to make it every time. So you view acceptance as a crucial part in the learning and growing process. Yeah, you can't remove it. Because if you remove acceptance, you aren't able to say, okay, stop for a second. What do I need to work on? Because then you're only going to whittle it down to the things you're great at. And you're going to be a onesie, twosie lifter. And you're just going to be mediocre. Because you'll stay with the things that you're great at. And you won't accept the fact that you're poor at XYZ and you need to work on it. Because nobody wants to take a step back. The only way to take a step back is accept your existence currently and see where you need to take a step back. How would you define acceptance, Kylie? Acceptance to me is acknowledging reality. The facts of a situation and not focusing on how it shouldn't be that way. And maybe... A simple example of this could be, let's say I spill my coffee in the car. I could sit there for five minutes and bitch about how I should not have spilled the coffee on my car or they should have fixed the pothole in the road that I hit that made me spill my coffee. I could sit there and be mad about the situation, but the reality is I have spilled coffee in my car And it's already happened. I can't unspill the coffee. Exactly. You can't be mad about the things you can't control. You can't expect perfect conditions. What you can expect is challenges and train your brain to accept the challenges as they arrive and move through them. Get to the other side of it. You can walk your brain through a thought process that takes this negative energy that you are cultivating and completely flips it upside down into a positive thing. Now, this is no big deal. It's just part of the process of me driving on the road to get to my destination. 
And if you can look at any challenges that you face in life as, well, this is just a coffee spill. Best thing that could have happened. And I know that there are circumstances out there that are not going to be as insignificant as a coffee spill. Tragic things do happen. In which case, if you have practiced this art and skill of acceptance, you're going to be able to cope with those really, really big, heavy situations much easier. All right, let's get to it. I'm Chris. And I'm Kylie. And this is Redefining Resilience. Where we explore what it means to build a resilient lifestyle. So you can thrive in any and every situation. I had a 2001 Mustang. I loved this car. It's a little six-speed. Loved it. My daughter ran into the back of it with a little, like, moped thing, Mm -hmm. a little electric scooter. And did more damage than I thought physically possible, you know? I had no idea how that even happened. Was she wearing a metal helmet? (laughs) She was wearing, like, body armor and just, like, rolled (laughs) around on the car. I mean, of course I was upset, you know? I was not happy about that situation, but, I mean, what do you do? So I grew up in a household where it was, like, nuclear warfare when something happened. If something wrong happened, even slightly off the beaten path, I mean, heads were rolling, man. People were, were pissed, And I swore to myself that normal, everyday life stuff wasn't going to send me through the the roof like that because it didn't do anything. It didn't make me learn. It only made me terrified of everything. And it didn't teach anybody anything, you know? Nobody learned anything. You weren't a better driver because you got your ass whipped because you hit your mom's car backing out on the driveway. It just made you terrified to back out of the driveway. I think it's easier to keep your emotions in check when you can leverage compassion in that situation. So imagine, you know, somebody hits your car and then they get out of their car crying and absolutely devastated because they feel so awful that they caused this accident and damage to your car. I think most people in that situation would show compassion and would say, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. We'll exchange information. This stuff happens. I get it. You know, we just got to be careful and, you know, let's move on, right? And then you move on to the next thing. You wait for the police to show up. And then before you know it, you're on your way and solutions are getting put in place. So my question is, what happens with the person that flies off the handle? How does that happen? Well, it's because I think they're fighting reality, They don't want to accept the fact that accidents happen and it is what it is. Like you cannot, you absolutely cannot rewind time and go back and unhit the car. So their inability to keep their composure is due to the fact that they're not accepting the reality of the situation. Your resistance to reality is what's causing frustration. And the longer you sit in frustration and refuse to accept reality and move forward, the more you're going to stew in these negative emotions and create this negative energy, which is going to be completely unproductive. I think that falls into the realm of busy versus productive. If you're 
stewing over this and you've got like this great conundrum presented to you and you you're a victim of this circumstance you can feel really busy being a martyr for a while but you're not doing anything you're not changing anything you're actually making the situation worse i've seen multiple people get into a situation where something bad happens and 6 months later they're still talking about the bad thing yeah and They've almost changed their entire personality into this martyr behind a car wreck. And there's an, an absolute inability to move on. Right. Because, like you said, it's an absolute inability to accept reality. And once you do, it's easier for your mind to say, okay, awesome, this happened. Now what? Yeah. I mean, if you've got a storyline in your head that says, poor me, here's one more thing. This is just going to feed into it, right? Like you are going to confirm whatever storylines you've got in your head. The positive person is going to look at that situation and be like, thank God no one was hurt. Maintain perspective on the bigger picture. Thank God no one was killed. Thank God no one was injured. Thank God we're all walking. Thank God our cars still are operating. You know, a fender bender. I got hit by a police officer. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) We were driving downtown, and I got rear-ended by a police officer. (laughs) We tried to say your blinker wasn't on? (laughs) (laughs) I was turning left. It was on the whole time. You were were literally mid-turn when you got (laughs) rear-ended. And, like, you know... Was I frustrated? Absolutely. (laughs) Could I do anything about it? No. What's mouthing off to a cop going to do for me? Nothing. It's just going to, it was a female officer, so it's just going to piss her off. And then she's going to be, you know, more difficult to deal with. And then who knows what I'm going to be faced with once the rest of the police squad comes. Because you know when you get hit by a police officer, there's like... Several more police officers that have to come to resolve this situation. <laughs> I.e. laugh at the one that hit the person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, all you can say in those situations <laughs> is it is what it is. Right? Like, I think that is the ultimate mindset of somebody who accepts anything that life throws their way. Somebody who says it is what it is is unfuckable with. It's true, though, because anything that comes down the pipe, that's just what it is, man. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't fix it or change it, so I'm just going to keep plugging ahead. And it, you, it's total acceptance. It's you being able to say, I can't change this situation. I can control my response to the situation, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move forward in a positive direction and figure it out. Because everything is figureoutable. We are not the only people in the universe that have been hit with vehicles. I've been in car wrecks. Other people have been in car wrecks. Like, it's, it's a, a risk we all sign up for when we get behind the wheel. Right? And this is just one example that we've drawn out for probably as long as <laughs> we probably needed to. And then some. But this is with any 
aspect of our lives. I mean, negative stuff is going to happen. It's our ability to respond to it in a constructive, productive way that dictates what happens next. Think about a cancer diagnosis. You just got diagnosed with cancer and now either your life is over or you say, okay, I got to figure out what to do next. I got to figure out what my next step is. I got to put a plan in place. I got to talk to, got to get a second opinion. I've got to talk to other doctors. I've got to see what my options are. I'm going to think logically about this because right now it's not a death sentence, but if I worry myself sick, it probably is going to be a catalyst to more issues. It's interesting that you say that because there are mountains of scientific evidence behind the aggressive levels of cortisol through worry, adrenaline and cortisol, and what that does to your system. I try to tell people in the gym, it's fantastic to get all hyped up on caffeine pre-workout and go, you know, rail it out for a while and, and leave the gym exhausted. But what are you doing to your system? You know, same with people outside of the gym. You get that cancer diagnosis, your car gets hit. You're stressing about it all the time. You focus on it all the time. You think about it all the time. You are sad about it all the time. Not that it doesn't produce sad feelings, but what do you do with that? You can't just wallow in it because if you do, that that level of adrenaline turns into cortisol and it just literally starts breaking your body down. And if you want to talk about a compromised immune system becoming more compromised and 10 times worse – Flood that bitch with a bunch of cortisol and stress hormones, and it will start to fall apart. One of my good friends back in high school, his dad was a cop, and he used to tell this story all the time when we would get frustrated with situations. He would say, you are what you think you are, and the situation is what you think it is. The gentleman got shot in the pinky and died because he told himself, if I get shot, I die. So his body went into shock. And he died. You can lop your pinky off walking through a door on accident or getting it shut in a car door and not die. That's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) it is. But situations are what you tell them they are. Tell yourself they are. Your brain's super powerful. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, we've talked about some extreme scenarios, a car wreck or cancer diagnosis, but... Let's think about the stress that you induce on your body on a daily basis. So from the time you wake up, when your alarm clock goes off, your body is flooded with cortisol to help you wake up. We need that. That helps us get moving. From there, let's say you barely wake up with enough time to get yourself ready and get to the office on time. So already... Before you leave your your house for the morning, you're stressed out because you're likely going to be cutting it close. You're going to be late. You might be a few minutes late to that Zoom meeting initially. There's more cortisol that you've released into your system. And now you've set the tone for the entire day of anxiety. Then let's say your dog pees on the floor and now you're cleaning this up and now you're delayed even further. Oh, and now there's traffic. So I'm going to get frustrated because of the traffic on the way to work. Not to mention, you know, then I get stuck behind every red light there is. I mean, bonus points if there's a train that you have to (laughs) wait for to cross the tracks. 
And then you get to work and somebody says, oh, hey, we have this one issue. Oh, great. Another issue for me to deal with. Right now, you've already flooded your system with cortisol over little things that are so insignificant. They're actually just a part of existing on a day-to-day basis. Because at the end of the day, is the dog peeing on the floor that abnormal? No. We've got two Frenchies. Those motherfuckers pee constantly. Okay, well, they're pretty well-trained. They are very well-trained, but the the bigger one, if you're not paying attention to him enough, he'll pee on the floor. <laughs> the little one drinks mountains of water, and she'll just pee occasionally. That's just the life of having a, a, a wild animal in your house constantly. Okay, Frenchies are not really wild animals. I don't think that they could survive in the wild, but— 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 <laughs> minutes. An almost wild animal. They could survive in between mealtimes. Yeah, if they were in a fenced-in yard. <laughs> yes, with somebody talking to them. And was and in the scenario you're talking about, was the traffic really that bad? No, it's no different than it normally is, and you're just perceiving it in a way that interprets that reality as stressful. And then when you get to the office, if you had gotten there you know, early with ample time to get your brain transitioned into work mode— That problem that Karen brought to you first thing in the morning probably would have been no big deal. But because you're already stressed out and because you're already in an anxious state, it's now a molehill that turned into a mountain in your brain. And then on top of it, oh my gosh, you've got the monthly meeting where you have to present financials. Um, Okay, well, first off, you knew the monthly meeting was happening at the same time every month, right? So this is no surprise, but because you're already stressed out, running the reports and getting the financials put together is now a daunting task that you simply can't be bothered with because you've got all these other things on your plate right now, and you're already having a bad day. And then on top of it, You get home from work and, oh my gosh, there's no food in the fridge. What am I going to do for dinner? Not an ounce of sparkling water anywhere. (laughs) What am I going to drink? Everything is a disaster. I'm out of ice cream. This, This day is ruined. It comes down to acceptance and being able to say, okay, it is what it is. Let's figure out a path forward. I think it's the beginning of the rest of the domain of composure that we're going through. It is. You have to be able to say, here I am. I mean, I just opened my second new business. I am six, six, seven months into working for myself again. I am not where I want to be. But it's really nice to be able to sit down and say, okay, Chris, relax a little bit. Like, look at what you're doing. Let's accept the situation you're in. Let's look at life. It's still great. Stressing about this right now, is that going to bring put a dollar in my pocket? Absolutely not. Is that going to bring me another client? No way. What is that going to do? It's going to destroy this moment that could be good. It's going to eat away my happiness. And it's going to make me hate where I am. So I either accept it and say, hey, man, awesome. This is part of the process. Let's just breathe in, move on, game on. I think of acceptance as the key that unlocks inner peace. Our ability to accept things 
for what they are allows us to live a more peaceful life. When we're living a peaceful life, we can then invite happiness in. Happiness is a feeling which can come and go. We're not always going to be happy. But what we can be is at peace all the time. That is a state of being. And if I am at peace, I have a greater chance of stepping into moments of happiness all throughout my day. So if you compare the two scenarios we just talked about, the lay for work, dog peeing on the floor, hidden every red light, and then this scenario where you're inviting happiness in through acceptance and you're finding more happiness, it's it's the brain solid or verifying what you're telling it. Mm-hmm. If I tell it I'm stressed, angry, unhappy, super pissed, always late, you know, way behind, it's going to find as many things as physically possible to validate that. Oh, shit, another red light. Oh, shit, dog beat on the floor. It's going to do all the things it can as fast as possible to verify that. It's just That's just its defense mechanism. Same with happiness. You say, I'm happy. I like where I am. I'm okay with the process. This is an okay, acceptable place for me to be right now. Your mind's going to do everything it can to find out why. Well, and if you don't feel like you're there, start thinking in terms of peace because peace is a more neutral place that you can tap into. Meaning like if I'm coming from this place of I'm always frustrated, I'm borderline burnt out, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm probably not going to be able to tell myself, oh, I'm happy. Just pretend you're happy. Be happy. That's too big of a leap. Your brain is not going to buy into that. But what you can do is say, I'm in the process of finding peace. So now every decision you make, every reaction you have to different situations goes through the filter of what's the peaceful route. Well, beating myself up is not peaceful. Taking intentional action that helps me get to where I want to go, that's a peaceful route to go. If I'm rushed in the morning, what would bring me a peaceful morning? Well, if I wake up a little bit earlier, I'm probably not going to be rushed. If I'm not rushed, I'm probably not going to care as much about the traffic. And I could probably listen to a podcast and enjoy my ride. That would be peaceful. When I get to work, I can realize that this company is paying me to solve problems, manage people, be a positive influence in the office. So how about I take that route? I'm going to be a peaceful teammate. What would be peaceful right now? Jumping in and saying, you know what? I think I can help with that. Versus, oh, great. One more thing to add to my plate. It's also peaceful to say, hey, I don't have the bandwidth to handle this right now. Who else can we get to help with this? So I'm not saying just take on everything that comes your way, but filter things through what would be peaceful. And a lot of times it means 
throwing up a boundary or saying no to some things, that might actually be the peaceful route. I'll give you one example. A lot of times I'll get asked to go to coffee and sometimes people want to do coffee at like 7 in the morning, 7.30 in the morning. I know it's going to require me to deviate from my normally scheduled programming in the morning, which is wake up, leisurely drink coffee, read, play with the dogs, close my eyes, meditate, whatever, whatever I want to do in the morning. But I take my time. I don't want to be rushed. I don't want to feel like I have to get to my first meeting in a hurry. So if I accept a 7 a.m. meeting... It's not going to be peaceful for me. I'm going to have to wake up earlier. I'm going to have to deviate from my routines. I'm going to have to skip my morning coffee with you, which I know you'd be devastated about. So I don't want to upset you. Well, it wouldn't be morning coffee without you. I know. This is all for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't <laughs> I upset. That. I can't upset Chris. The peaceful thing for me to do in that scenario is to say, hey, how about 830? My morning is is... Busy up until that point, 8.30 is the earliest I can do. So I want to caveat on that real quick. Uh, Peaceful doesn't mean lazy. Right. Peaceful doesn't mean easy way out. And peaceful doesn't mean be a dick because you don't want to do it. Finding peace in your life isn't an excuse to get away from things. It's an excuse to find the best way to do those things or be a part of them or accomplish them or be intentional with them that fits your lifestyle and all of the things that need to be done. Because there are several people that need to be at work at four o'clock in the morning. Do we? No. Would I accept a job at four o'clock in the morning? You better be paying me buku dinero, my friend, (laughs) because I love my sleep. But people have that. So their piece is different. Yeah, everybody's peace is relative to your goals and your values. And that's why it's so important to understand what your vision is, have a clear grasp on that, as well as your values, because that's your filter for how you go about making decisions. And then the peace component of this acceptance is really being able to put those things into practice and when challenges pop up, being able to say, okay, this is part of the process. We're going to keep moving forward. That's how you you maintain that peace and get yourself to this place of happiness. Nobody is, is too far from happiness to where you can't find it. Nobody. And I can see, I can see all the errors in my ways of my former self because I was doing all of these things. I can talk about it now because I'm on the other side of it where I truly can say I'm so happy with my life. But I wasn't always in this place. It took this concept of acceptance and really applying it. Sometimes compassion is a friend of acceptance that you need to leverage in order to get to acceptance faster. I mean, I was in a relationship prior to this one. It ended very poorly. And some would say, oh, I was the victim in that relationship because he cheated on me. But at the end of the day... I accepted that situation because it it allowed me to see that that was not my path anymore and that there was something better waiting for me. And then I had compassion for the person who cheated on me because that was the easiest way to move on and get over it. 
it allows me to be in this place of peace with that situation. And it could be different components of our life that we're experiencing this resistance to acceptance. So I'd encourage everybody to dig in and ask yourself, why is it so hard to accept that? What is the hardest part of that situation to accept? How can you leverage compassion? And how can you see the bigger picture and find a reason why that situation was actually a benefit to you? That's really the sequence. If you can find ways to practice acceptance, it will lead you to this place of peace. And then peace will invite happiness in. One of the things asking the question, too, if you're upset, you're getting kind of wound up. I know I can feel myself getting wound up, you know. I ask myself, what am I not accepting about this situation? What am I trying to control that's outside of myself? Because at the end of the day, all you can control is you, your reaction to, and what you do. So how can we take this from concept to application and knowledge and practice? Well, I think once you're in a situation that is uh, outside of something you're used to or stressful, you start asking yourself, oh, what am I not accepting about this situation? What What is happening that is sending me through the roof? And why am I responding this way? And what is the stimulus that I'm trying to control that I should stop? So if you feel yourself losing composure, kind of falling apart, uh, look at the situation, the stimulus that happened, the car wreck, the coffee, the dog, and ask yourself what you're trying to control. What outside of your realm of capable capability of controlling are you trying to hold on to really, really tight? And that'll give you a window into why you're feeling that way. One thing that I like to remind myself and what I would suggest as maybe a talk track to refer back to Remind yourself that losses are lessons. So the question that you can ask yourself is, what am I learning from this situation? Because the faster we can we can shift from focusing on the loss and focusing on the lesson, it helps us stop feeling the, the negative emotions that might come with the loss and helps us move into that place of acceptance and learning. Thanks for listening to Redefining Resilience. To learn more about building your mental and physical readiness, check out odysseyresilience.org. And follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. You gotta get your head in the game. My head is in the game. I don't think so.